What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Cash Cows Poker. We're coming back at you again. More fantasy football with me, Eric White, and your boy Daniel Jones on the call in. Um, be sure to hit that uh, subscribe button. Be sure to click that notification bell. And if you're listening to the podcast, be sure to follow us so you can listen to us on a regular. We're going to bring some optimal football knowledge for you guys. Jones, what's up? How you doing today? Good, man. Good. Uh, we got an interesting slate of games to uh, look forward to this weekend. Uh, a lot of interesting fantasy plays, uh, 1v1s, 2v2s, and even uh, some daily stuff that is going to be real interesting. So looking forward to breaking it down. Uh, yeah. Um, and guys, I'm going to kind of let Jones take a good chunk of the show tonight. I am uh, working dealing poker. I just worked a very long shift and I'm exhausted. So Jones is going to be fielding a bulk of your fantasy queries for this uh, slate of games. And this is just going to be a little tip of the iceberg preview. We're going to deep dive the Thursday game, chat on the rest of the games just briefly, and then we'll give you guys a more in-depth look this weekend. Uh, so without further ado, um, a good-looking, maybe a good-looking game on Thursday night with the Rams Seahawks at the Seattle Seahawks. Jones, what you think? So, should be an interesting game, right? Uh, division game, most of the time they're pretty close in general, uh, no matter who the opponents are. Uh, we've seen a stinker of a division game on Monday night, but that was kind of an outlier. So, do expect a pretty good matchup here. Uh, as far as fantasy plays, there's quite a few, obviously. If you're playing in season long, there's a ton. Uh, you got Todd Gurley, who in this matchup, uh, overall in the season, been pretty consistent with the amount of uh, snaps he's on the field. He's just going to play 70%. So at this point, no need to be worried about that. But uh, I, I do have some concern with Todd Gurley, uh, just for the simple fact uh, uh, Seattle is about a middle-of-the-road run defense, hasn't given up too many touchdowns on the year. So I, I think that they'll rely more on the pass just because Seattle's secondary, on the other hand. Seattle secondary isn't uh, nearly as good as their run D. So I do expect them to take advantage of the corners. Uh, with that being said, transitioning to the receivers on the Rams, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, uh, no particular order there. I do like Brandon Cooks the least here in this spot, although, as always, he does carry the most upside. So uh, if you're struggling between a... Uh, Brandon Cooks and a guy who has a similar projection, I'm always going to lean the guy that has the sim the higher upside. Is, is that kind of what you do in season long as well? Uh, it depends on what my team's overall standings are. A lot of the leagues I play in, it is cool the three division winners get in, and then everything else is decided by overall points. So if I start getting behind, I sometimes take the more aggressive, reckless play because I, I feel like I have nothing to lose if you're already looking. You know, if I'm a one-in-three team, I can still beat, you know, at the end of the year, I can beat a team that's only got three losses. If I have more points than them, I get in if they're not a division winner in a lot of the leagues I play. So, I mean, yes and no. It just depends, like I said, what their record is. Um, I've been, like, concerned with Cooks all season. I wanted to touch on what you were saying. We're like, last week was clearly a Robert Woods week. You know, Robert Woods was the heavy dose, the heavy target, whatever you want to call from that Rams offense. And... And, you know, it was a big high-scoring shootout, and they were constantly throwing, and Robert Woods was the guy. And you know what? Cooper Cup still had just as good a day when it was a Robert Woods day. I just want to kind of point that out. Like, Cooper Cup has solidified himself to me as, like, the absolute pure best receiver as far as, like, targets and 
who you know is Jared Goff's guy to go to, it's Cooper Cup for me. Every yeah, week. no, by far his favorite target, no doubt. Like even when it's not his week, it's his week. Like he seems like he's getting Edelman work over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, uh, it's it's those three though. I mean, as far as where the where the ball goes <laughs> in general, I mean, you got Woods and Cup with a uh, 26% market share for Cooper Cup, 22% market share for Brent or Robert Woods, and Brandon Cup or Brandon Cooks. Look at me just bumbling everyone's name. <laughs> yeah. Is only at about 18%. So, okay. I mean, all the volume is going to those three, but uh, it's pretty heavily slanted towards Robert Woods and Cooper Cup at this point. Uh, yeah, like we've we've discussed it several times. Uh, Cooks, a lot of the times, like if you're worried about your projections, Cooks will project higher some weeks than these guys because of his deep ball threat. Because Cooper Cup, if Cooper Cup was going to score a touchdown on you, most of the time he ran it underneath. And then he beat your linebacker, he beat your nickel. And that's how it goes. Whereas if Brandon Cooks got you, Brandon Cooks most likely got you over the top and he, he got in between your safeties, you know, down the middle. You know, one way or another, he beat you with the long ball. So they all have their, their weapons and their, their, you know, what they do best. And it's almost like using a running back by committee with the Rams wide receivers because they're all interchangeable, but they each have their little unique, like, no, no, this one makes Robert Woods Robert Woods, and that one makes him, you know, cup because they're they're similar, but they still have uh, their unique skill sets. Sure. Uh, as for the uh, Gurley uh, thing, uh, winter is coming. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm happy that they're not, I'm happy they're not giving it to him any more than 70%. Obviously, if he was getting a bell cow workload, I would have struggled because he's not on any of my rosters, but I foresee this coming into the this year, so obviously I wasn't getting him in the second round. So that's kind of where I'm at. Is happy that I don't have him, you know, splitting the difference on a few guys where I'm missing out on some, and then I'm happy that I'm missing out on others. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got from the Rams side. Um, yeah, their defense was shaky last week. What's that? I said their defense has, has been like, obviously, like we've talked about, they have superstars. Everyone on that defense is capable of doing great things. But then they also have their inability to come together and stop anything some weeks, it seems like. So last week they managed to score a defensive touchdown and still lost by 15. I mean, that's saying something. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's not as ugly as it may seem. I mean, they're top 10 on the year as far as uh, yeah. past defense, according to football outsiders. But, uh, I mean, that that talent should be top three, though. If you had those players, you know, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's the scheme. Maybe all the players are super great, but none of them fit together at all. Because, like you said, they're top ten, but, like, look at the talent on there. Find me the weak spot that doesn't have somebody overly competent for that position and it probably the backup. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very – good defense at least on paper but they have their weak scene you know like i guess any nfl team where they just come out flat and they look you know average or worse so. yeah. and um, i mean uh no go ahead um, there, there's some plays from uh the seahawks side if uh, you want to go there uh, for everyone that uh played dk metcalf in a juicy matchup against the cardinals last week uh i'm sorry um yeah you should apologize to me because i also had him as well so 
um, I thought that was a good idea. Mutual sorries around. Yeah, everyone that. just apologize and hug one another. Oh. But I did give you, uh, I did give you Chris Carson. That was a guy that I was high on as soon as Rashad Penny was ruled out. Told you guys I would be if that were the case. Uh, he worked out real nicely, and uh, it looks like Coach Peak we can actually listen to for once from Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll went into last week saying that uh, he had all the faith in the world and Chris Carson and things like that still. So, yeah, uh, and we see that you know we seen that he got 22 touches, uh, both right, receiving and uh, rushing combined, and uh, also was over 100 yards in scrimmage. So. As far as this part goes, uh, they want to run the ball. So as far as like the showdown slates and season long, I mean, I don't think you have a choice but to play him, do you? I mean, like he's not a flex option. Like he's an RB2 like all day long, right? Yeah, you'd have to have a pretty – I could see you being able to sit Chris Carson if he had a tough defensive matchup and you just had Melvin Gordon like maybe two weeks from now coming back, you know, and he's like the bell cow, and then you already drafted Le'Veon. And like, Why well, would you just run all three of them? Well, and I'm saying, and you, you know, somehow you've made deals or something where you have just elite spots. Like maybe your tight end is horrible, but you're stacked at running back and receiver. Maybe you've even got a third running back better than Chris Carson. You know, I've said, it's, it happens. It's out there. Maybe you're a, you somehow snag Nick Chubb. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have a James Conner. You want to play over him instead. Okay. I guess. Whatever. Uh, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say okay to that. I mean, Chris Carson. I, I won't either, but I'm not going to sit here. Being that this is a fictional person we're talking about, I can't just get angry at someone who doesn't exist. So. True. Um, but uh, as far as the passing attack goes, Russell Wilson's always an option every week, especially in showdown. I mean, uh, he does have big play upside. Tyler Lockett will be running the majority of his routes from the slot, so I do have interest there. He will avoid Marcus Peters. DK Metcalf is more than likely going to draw Marcus Peters, which Marcus Peters has been playing, uh, like I said last week, close to Kansas City for him as far as uh, what he's grading out as far as BFF and things like that. So. I uh, I do like Tyler Lockett, don't like DK Metcalf. Will Disley's obviously in play. Uh, how do you feel about him in season long? Oh, um, yeah, it's interesting because he doesn't jump off the page of you with, oh, this guy is an elite, you know, tight end or a top tier or even a top two tier. But I, honestly, he produces week in and week out. I think he had like an off week last week, didn't he, or something for like and still had, what, eight or ten and he didn't have a touchdown, right? No, he did have a touchdown. Oh, he did we'll Okay, so, yeah, that was one game I missed on, so I didn't um, get to see much of that. So, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson loves his tight ends. Russell Wilson scrambles around, and he obviously looks at tight ends as a security blanket. He targets them more often than not. So I obviously like tight ends in general from that team in the past, and he's certainly one of them that's going to get the job and get the work. I think he may be still matchup dependent, but – I mean, look at his production the last three weeks compared to Lockett, Metcalf, um, Chris Carson. Like, he's definitely right there in the mix getting plenty of touches against these other guys. Yeah, I mean, so as far as showdown, I'll give you my top three. Uh, I don't I don't ever give captain spots. That, that's going to be a tough one. But uh, if I had to rank them, um, I would say Russell Wilson, 
believe it or not, Todd Gurley and also uh, either Will Disley or, or Tyler Lockett probably leaning towards Will Disley just for the Sagans. Yeah, I think if you're talking about doing one of those variables, Disley has to be in there. Yeah, some people are going to make the choice between Metcalf or Lockett because, like, I wasn't surprised that Mike Evans, you know, still had a good game last week, even though he didn't have the volume we would like. He still had a good game, and he torched Marcus Peters straight down the field on that one, and everybody was acting surprised, and I'm like, why are you surprised? Um, Marcus Peters is a turnover guy. He's not known for locking you down and not allowing you to catch the ball. He's known for trying to take it away from you, strip it, force a fumble, get an interception, and then return it. That's what he's known for. Like, he's not going to shut Mike Evans down or anyone. He's going to, like, they're going to have catches. Like, and Mike Evans, like, you know, I think um, it, on that play we're talking about, I think that he thought it was going to be like a, an out, you know, or a, like a, a post out. So he was sitting over there thinking he was just going to step underneath it and be waiting for it and pick it off. And then Evans just, you know, kept on running. He beat him by like 15 yards by the time it was all said and done. So, um. Yeah, that was my yeah. only take is, like, I don't think that, like, the Rams' secondary is all that great. I think that they're going to allow passing teams to pass. Like, I think they're in the middle of the road. Like we talked about, they have all the talent in the world. But it doesn't seem to work together every single week on the field. It works together some weeks or most weeks, but they definitely have not this week. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Um, score prediction on this game. And who wins? Who do you got? You know, I don't even really, to be honest, have much of an opinion. Um, Rams got beat last week, and you would think they'd want to bounce back and show that they're still one of the best. But at the same time, like, Seattle plays a pretty gritty brand of football, and I think it's actually going to be a really tight, close game. I think this is like the 21-24 variety, but I don't know which one wins. I really don't. Like, I think it's going to come down to a late field goal or a late turnover or something along those lines where it's a one possession game that's, you know, maybe even a one to three point game. So. I'm going to say Seattle wins. 28-24. Game is close all game. Russell Wilson needs a touchdown to win. He gets it. All right. I'll, I, I guess I'll go Rams and I'll take the bounce back, you know, thing. And I, I'm going to say Rams win 24, Seattle 17. There you go. That, may, that, that sounds proper. Like, yeah, Rams 24, Seattle 17. It's a single possession game. At any point, Seattle could have tied it. And we think that's what shows up to play this week in Dallas. There's, there's, that's, that's my hypothesis game script, I suppose, is what I'm going to go with. I think this is a game that could go all over the tracks, though, as far as it could be high scoring. It could be, you know, a defensive struggle. Like, I, you know, these two teams, I just, I just don't know, to be completely honest. Yeah, which, I'm with you on that. Which brand do you get of the Seahawks? So which brand? Um, all right, let's just, what we're going to do here, because this is just the week, uh, the week long preview. What we're going to do here is just try to bounce around and touch on a few of these games because that was just a Thursday breakdown, and we'll have a more in-depth breakdown for you coming up going into Sunday. But, um, Jones, I'm just going to kind of bounce around on a few games here and just kind of pick me out a player or two you like and give us something, give us something, you know, information to be, you know, stewing on before we set our lineups this weekend. So uh, jumping into the Jets-Eagles. 
give me a couple guys you like or don't and why. Okay. Well, from the Eagles side, uh, the player I obviously have interest in would be Carson Wentz. Uh, the New York Jets have just been atrocious against uh, the past. They've given up deep balls consistently all year. So I don't see this changing in this spot. I mean, uh, we don't know anything on Deshaun Jackson yet. Obviously, if Deshaun Jackson plays, my interest in Wentz goes up all that all that much more. So um, I'm kind of on the fringe with him right now. But uh, he is in my player pool as far as DraftKings goes. So I'm just kind of waiting to see uh, to get the final clarification on Deshaun Jackson. I know it doesn't make sense on why he should be that big of a decision. But uh, it really is. He, he's an easy uh, stretches out the defense a bit more, gets hurts a lot more room to operate 10 to 15. You're, uh, you're, having, you're, you're having some phone difficulties, boss. I am? Yeah, that was cutting out pretty bad. Um, Just to go back and touch on that again, what you were saying with Hurts and uh, and Deshaun Jackson stretching out the uh, defense, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, what I was saying is uh, Deshaun Jackson actually does make that big of a difference as far as the offense goes, just for the simple fact of uh, Deshaun Jackson does draw attention. So most of the time, if, if they're in man, most of the time the safety is going to be shaded to his side, not necessarily blanketing, but they're just in case. So that gives Ertz a lot more room to operate there in the 10 to 15-yard area, especially against the linebacker if they're crazy enough to do that. And they do run a lot of uh, three wide. So, I mean, even when they get into the two tight end set, I still really like Hurts, and so uh, Wentz I do have interest in just for the simple fact that the Jets have been bad all year against the pass. All right, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm going to jump on to the next game. We're only going to answer one question from this game. I'm going to make it easy for you. Leonard Fournette versus Run CMC Christian McCaffrey. Jaguars versus Panthers. The two expansion teams meeting up. Which running back? repeats his performance or comes close to it from last year? Who has the better day? Oh, man. Uh, you're asking me a pretty tough question overall, just for the simple fact of uh, these are the two volume monsters. Like, these are the only guys that don't come off the freaking field every week. It's incredible. Uh, we have uh, seen Leonard Fournette bust out a huge game on the ground, 225 on the ground. So, uh, that was very encouraging, but a thing again that happened is he didn't find the end zone. Mm -mm. He had a great fantasy game. He didn't even find the end zone. He hasn't found the end zone all year. That's not going to continue. I mean, if you think about Leonard Fournette, if you drafted him in season long, you probably sat there and thought, oh, Leonard Fournette's probably going to give me about seven to nine touchdowns this season. He has, he has zero. So, I mean, he's going to regress back to the mean in a positive way to say he's going to score touchdowns. We've seen Julio didn't score any touchdowns at all for, what, like the first 10 games? And he scored a touchdown in every game since. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, regression is going to happen. Once he finds the end zone, he's going to be an elite play, especially in DraftKings. Uh, they're going to start pricing him up to where he should be. He's only 6,400 in this matchup. 
but McCaffrey only 8,700. I'm getting the same workload for 6,400. So, I mean, if it's a 1v1 type situation, just because there's so many good running backs, I would probably go Leonard Fournette. Okay. Well, um, and we're going to speed this along a little bit. I'm losing some phone battery as well. And we're just doing a little intro show for tonight. Uh, jumping over to the Vikings-Giants game at Giants. Uh, obviously, Dalvin Cook is going to play well. Obviously, Dalvin Cook will probably be Dalvin Cook. My question to you would be, who has a better game, Sterling Shepard or Adam Thielen? Oh, man. Um, just on the surface, I'm going to say Adam Thielen. Just for the simple fact of, I mean, the Giants don't do anything. Yeah, we've seen them hold the Redskins to three points, but I'm pretty sure I could gather ten other guys and we'd hold the Redskins to three points. So, I mean, I'm not really impressed by that at all. They still don't generate pass rush. They're still not good in the secondary. I mean, I, I would have to say Adam Thielen for that fact alone, uh, just because he's in a way better matchup than Sterling Shepard. All right, I'm going to jump you on to the Falcons-Texans right here. Uh, Julio Jones versus DeAndre Hopkins, same question. Who's going who's gonna to have the bigger day? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, we're coming off a week where DeAndre Hopkins has pretty much been double covered uh, for the last two weeks, so understandably why his numbers have been low. I'm kind of digging in to see how often he is double teamed in, the, in his uh, in his career, just for the simple fact of, I mean... I mean, it's a lot. I, yeah, I mean, I would anticipate it's a lot, and he still crushes them anyway, so I don't really have a explanation on his uh, recent lack of performance. I know Deshaun Watson is is uh, some of it because oh, uh, the offensive line won't give him any time to do anything, which yeah. continues to be a problem, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Julio Jones just for the simple fact of I don't see uh, Deshaun Watson being able to stay upright enough to get him the ball. We did see Deshaun Watson miss him on a 60-yard wide open ball last week that would have changed his whole day. And, uh, you know, he missed it because he didn't have enough time to get his feet set. So yeah. that um, type of stuff right there that, that makes me lean Julio Jones. Uh, looking for a big passing day from the Buccaneers Saints. Let's just look at this one from the standpoint of who has the better day between Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, on the Actually, surface you know again. What? I'm sorry, check that. Jameis Winston and Alvin Kamara. Um, I'm going to say Jameis Winston just for the simple fact that it's a lot easier for quarterbacks to get fantasy points, and he's in a much better spot. So the Tampa Bay run defense is one of the tops in the league. I don't know if people are refusing to acknowledge that. You and I have touched on that a couple times uh, throughout the season so far, but uh, they're still bad in the secondary, yeah. the Bucks are. So that's where you attack them. You don't you don't attack them up front. Uh, they do have Vita Vea, who's been playing like an absolute stud, uh, one of the best run stoppers in the league, according to BFF. So uh, I, I tend to shy away from Kamara this week. So that question, uh, I, w I would have to say James Winston. All right. Jumping along to the Bills-Titans down here. Uh, for this intro, we're going to say 
who's going to have a better day, the Bills running back by committee or Derrick Henry? So, tough matchup. So, uh, obviously, the Bills are one of the top defenses in the league, both against the run and the pass. So, it's, it's really tough to answer that question. We've seen Derrick Henry get the ball 27 times. So, on the surface, this game should be close. Vegas has this game as being close. If the game is close, uh, I would have to say the Bills running back by committee is going to touch the ball a lot, and Derrick Henry is going to touch the ball a lot. So, I don't know, man. It's kind of tough. Both defenses are really stout. I am going to probably avoid this game in daily. I haven't quite made up my mind completely on that yet, but uh, on Wednesday, that's where I'm at with it. So um, I would have to say, give me the Bills running back by committee. All right. I'm with you on that. Um, between Frank Gore and my fantasy darling in the pass catching game like they've got, and, and he's still trying, but I think, you know, bounce back and do more. We'll see how he comes back from his hamstring injury and see how he looks. I do game. want to point out, though, uh, Yeldon did out-snap uh, Frank Gore last week and got him on touches, so uh, be cognizant of that for whatever for whatever that's worth. Makes, Just be cognizant makes me feel even better about Devin Singletary. Honestly, like because that means that like you're not you're giving like T.J. Yeldon touches that you would give the guy that you that you're still starting ahead of our guy, but you're utilizing our guy when he's healthy. You see what I'm saying? So like, wouldn't those have been Singletary's extra touches? Just throwing it out. I mean, I maybe or maybe Yeldon has turned worse. So we, I don't know. We'll see when Singletary comes back how it shakes out. Yeah, that's maybe a game script thing too. Depends if they're winning, losing, close, not close, whatever. Um, jumping right along here, Cardinals, Bengals. Andy Dalton or Kyler Murray? Who scores more fantasy points in that game? Oh, man. Like this, I'm going to sound like an idiot right here, but, oh, man, I love this game for fantasy. Like, this is two bad, bad, bad defenses. Like, two of the worst, uh, two of the, worst five defenses in the league matching up against each other against reasonably good passing attacks. Uh, one thing, the biggest news and note to consider out of this game, monitoring uh, up until kickoff is Christian Kirk. Uh, we still don't know anything about him. There was something that surfaced that possible MCL sprain as well as, well as the high ankle sprain, yeah. but I haven't seen any confirmation on that yet. Sprain is uh, that better than just, tear. That wasn't that wasn't Schefter or anyone credible like that. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But still, that doesn't shy me away from Kyler Murray in this matchup. I love Kyler Murray in this matchup. We've seen the rushing floor the last couple of weeks. We see that he's probably got a 4.4 floor on the ground. So if he can actually like move the ball into the end zone, like he's pretty solid moving it from the 20s. But uh, he doesn't find the end zone very much. So... If he can find the end zone, then uh, he can have a really, really big day. I, I really like Kyler Murray in this matchup. I also like Andy Dalton on the other side uh, for the same reasons, basically. Uh, he's also been a sneaky runner. Uh, I would say probably his floor is creeping up to that almost two points, maybe even three points on the floor if you go back and look. So he also likes to run on the goal line. So 
keep that in mind. Again, another bad defense. I mean, I, I love everything from this game. I mean, you can chalk me up for guys that people ain't even heard of. Keyshawn Johnson, Damari Bird, Auden Tate. Like, you can chalk me up for all of them. All right, let's uh, move on to the Patriots-Redskins. Simple question for this game is, if we've played this game a hundred times, how many times do the Redskins win? Uh, negative one. Mm. Uh, so, Belichick is, uh, well, we know he's the best adjustment maker, uh, maybe ever, especially in the game of football. And you give him a rookie Like, Belichick has some crazy record against first-time starting quarterback. It's like 29-0 and 0 or something. Like, some absolutely crazy, and, and his defense always has multiple turnovers or something. I'm, I'm going to have to research that and get that back uh, to you. So if we or, win it 100 times, you're saying they'd at least get the first 29. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I expect this one to be an absolute, in the words of Jim Ross, slobber knocker, uh, as far as what the Patriots are going to do to the Redskins here. I got a lot of interest in the Patriots guys for fantasy, but we'll touch on that later. All right, I'm with you. Um, let's move on to Ravens-Steelers. This has always been a good rivalry game. Um, what do you think here? Steelers uh, got a win against a very bad Cincinnati team uh, and dominated a very bad Cincinnati team, but they themselves were also defeated going into the game. Um any chance here that uh, the Steelers, you know, come in and beat on the Ravens like the Browns did a week ago? No, I don't foresee that happening. So, I mean, the Browns played really, really well. Uh, Nick Chubb actually, you know, went ham. But the Browns and the Steelers are two completely different teams. So, we almost seen a ceiling game, I would say, from the Browns last week. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably, when they're clicking their all cylinders, that's probably what they're going to look like. Yeah. Ceiling four, and, and it still took, it would have taken at least, you know, probably 27 points to beat them. I believe the Ravens scored 25. So the ceiling for the Steelers to repeat the Browns' performance is so low because Mason Rudolph doesn't offer that sort of, 40-point outside that Baker Mayfield does. And I, I just don't see the Ravens getting taken advantage of in both the ground and through the air like they did last week. Uh, they're not as bad as they looked last week. All right. Next game, Bears at the Raiders. Who has the better day running the football? Josh Jacobs or Tyreek Cohen? as far as who scores more fantasy points. Can I say they tie? Is, is your answer that they both have less than five as well? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't expect to do good ones because no one, with all due respect to Josh Jacobs, <clears throat> excuse me, no one does good ones against the Bears. So, I mean, we've seen Dalvin Cook get absolutely bottled up on the ground. Uh, last week, he got most of his points through the air. He grabbed, like, nine nine of his fantasy points through the air last uh, week. So a, a late garbage touchdown on a play where he still should have been stopped. Yeah, and, and we know that 
Josh Jacobs hasn't shown us a six-reception upside, so we can't count on that from him. So I don't like Josh Jacobs in this matchup. The only reason I'm going to pick David Montgomery is because I do expect the Bears to be leading this game, and they have been feeding David Montgomery the last two weeks, which has been encouraging, I know, for a lot of season-long owners especially, but he's uh, he's creeping onto my radar as far as daily. I don't know if I get there this week because the Raiders' uh, run defense is actually really, really good. Uh, top eight in the league, actually. So I don't know if I get there um, this week on David Montgomery, but it is someone that I'll be paying attention to uh, moving forward mind, for sure. Keep in mind this game could surprise you as well because uh, Mitchell Trubisky unlikely to play. It'll be uh, the game manager himself, Mr. Chase Daniel, under center most likely. They're That's how it's looking right now. Yeah, and um... – you can say what you want to me, and I hope it draws comments on on uh, the YouTube. I, ho- I hope it does. Leave some comments on this. Tell me what you think. But to me, I believe that Chase Daniel is going to be better for the Bears moving forward than Trubisky is. So I don't see a drop-off there. I actually see an increase as far as production from the quarterback position. Yeah, that may sound crazy on the surface, but just watch. It's possible. It's just where the production would go. Like, it's just like, you okay. know, each guy has his own guy that's his guy, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that guy, to me, looked like that to be Allen Robinson. I I do have a lot of interest in Allen Robinson in this uh, matchup because we still seen seven targets out of him last week when uh, Chase Daniel came into the game. So he's still going to get the volume. Uh, really good matchup. I really like Allen Robinson in this spot. That would probably probably be the only fantasy play that I have from this game. Um, I, I'm not even a fan of Waller this week, and I love Darren Waller. All right, well, what I'm about to tell you is ridiculous. There are only two games in the afternoon slate. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. I hate when they do this. Yeah, it's Broncos Chargers, and no offense, but dude, the Broncos now they were already horrible, and now they don't have Bradley Chubb. So it's like you just let up two hundred and twenty-five yards to Leonard Fournette. Like, listen to this: you let up two twenty-five to Leonard Fournette. Bradley Chubb's done for the year, and now look at this for an opening game for Melvin Gordon to get his. You know, he's supposed to come in and be the starter this week. Like, is this not a, a golden – doesn't this look like just a setup where it's like it's too easy for Melvin to not come in and have a big game, right? Like, so, of course, he's probably going to bomb it and, like, ruin my ruin it for me, right? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's how it's going to turn out karmatically because that's always how it happens. But Right. I'm ruined constantly, everyone. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I just don't know on the Melvin Gordon thing. I haven't heard anything other than he's going to start this week. I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, we're still waiting on Mike Williams' news. We're still waiting on Travis Benjamin news. Dontrell Inman actually left the game last week. So uh, there's a real possibility that we could see Eckler lining up in the slot. It may be one of those things where he loses the starter role, quote-unquote, but uh, he doesn't leave the field. So. If that actually happens, then Austin Eckler's still viable. But again, I would 
I, I think I'm personally going to proceed with caution this week, even though it does seem like a blow-up spot. Uh, I'm going to proceed with caution just because I don't know the workload, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a season-long setting, at this point, unless you've got something that's obviously a better option, like, look, I got Tevin Coleman who may be coming back off injury, but now what the hell is going to be that situation? It looked like he had things under control before he hurt himself in week one where he was going to be the guy, and now it's like, are you still going to be the guy, or is Mostert and Brita going to be, you know, robbing touches from you? So we'll have to, you know, obviously monitor that situation, but that's what I'm talking about with Melvin Gordon is that, you know, like what you're saying, I'm not sure if he's going to come back in and immediately have a bunch of work, but who am I trying to start over him? Like, do I want to play, uh, you know, Wayne Gallman or a guy like that over him? You know, do I want to play a, you know, a Philip Lindsay against that Chargers D over him? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some tough choices there, and it certainly will not if he plays any reasonable amount of snaps. I certainly want to play him against that Broncos D, but maybe he will be a little, I don't want to say slow, but, you know, a little rusty and have to knock some, you know, cobwebs off before he really gets going and they take in the game or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from as far as the season-long standpoint. Um and I, like I said, I, I want to get behind you. I like, I like Melvin Gordon as a football player. I hope he comes back at full strength. Uh, hopefully not at the, expense of, at the expense of my team. But I'm, I'm personally this week, and, it, and it's probably going to burn me in daily. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I am personally probably going to proceed with caution. If it, it, ownership, well, popularity, I should say, will depend on a lot of what I do if I do anything. Uh, if both of them are 4% owned, I'll probably have 10, just in case. But, I mean, I, I just, I wish there was some clarity that's going to come out on this situation because uh, if you get it right, you're probably going to win a lot of money. Well, and those of us that drafted him in season long, it's like, look, man, on a lot of those teams, we're like 1-3 now because that was a pretty, you know, reasonable draft pick that we gave up and we probably struggled on some of those like obviously he's coming back to some teams that are stacked at this point and he's just a nice addition like I have a team where I'm undefeated and he's coming back you know but overall like he's a blessing and I have to like feel like I have to ride or die because I already I already put my faith in this guy and I drafted him as early as the second round and as late as the fifth round in all my leagues where I had him and my thought is I gambled on you then, and I gambled on you having information that I might not even get you till week six to eight was the early. You know, first it was, ah, he might be back before the season starts. Then it was, well, he's definitely going to miss a few games. Then it was, oh, he's probably not coming back before week six or week eight, and he may not come back at all. And now at least we've got him back, and we're going to have him out on the field. So I feel like you got to, if you've you've done this with him in season long, you've got to get him in your lineup because unless you have a way better option that's obvious, you know, you just have to ride with this dude that you drafted high because you were waiting for this moment, you know, and you don't want to miss out on a week because if you go to 0 and, you know, 4, 0 and 5, I'm saying, or you go to 1 and 4 instead of 2 and 3, like that's drastic in a lot of these leagues of whether you have any shot at all of coming back and making the playoffs. I mean, a lot of guys' seasons are on the line here coming into week five, six, and seven. 
you know, we're going to be playing for our season lives is if Melvin doesn't help us turn it around, you know, in a lot of these situations where we drafted them early. But, um, let's move on. Cowboys Packers. Um, I talked to a Green Bay Packers life lifelong fan today, and he says he's worried the Cowboys are going to beat the shit out of them. It's going to be bad. And his reasoning was that they don't do well against guys like Zeke. They don't do well against elite running backs. Like they they do fine against normal average running backs, but against a guy like Zeke that they he thinks their run defense is going to struggle mightily, and that we're just going to beat on him and hit him with play action as well. So, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, no, he actually um, brought up some points that I was going to touch on. So we did see the Packers have some injuries on the defensive line last week, and they just got absolutely roasted. I don't think that they had those same injuries against the Broncos, and Philip Lindsay ate on them as well. So uh, they are looking like a spot that we can attack while a solid defense overall. Uh, not particularly the slot corner, but it looks like the run defense may be a, a spot that we can attack. So uh, Zeke, by default, is going to be an interest of mine, and he's actually the least expensive of the top four running backs this week on DraftKings, which... I don't see how that's possible, personally. He's only 8300 this week, so... Well, he's been, you know, not, like, quite doing every little thing we'd like him to do lately. If you're a Cowboys fan like myself, it's like, all right, you've been adequate some of these weeks, but there's other weeks where I would have liked to have seen a little more, you know, like another reception here or there, you know, an extra seven or eight yards here or there that I feel like, you know, other seasons he was getting, and, like, this season he's not so far. And I, I still think he's getting back to full form. And, you know, I think at the NFL level, with the speed of the game, it probably takes you, you know, even to be an elite elite running back like that. You, you might not be back to full level until going into this fifth or sixth game. And, and the season progresses. You guys see it every season where, you know, a team doesn't ever look the same in October as they do in late December, you know. So, um. We're going to see a lot of transformation throughout the league, I think, in the next uh, upcoming, you know, four, five, six weeks. You're going to see teams just, you know, rapidly get better and kind of click in and really utilize their offenses properly. So, um, Anything one, else you one, want to touch on from that game? Yeah, one last thing that needs to be addressed is uh, the Devontae Adams injury. Uh, it doesn't look like, I know we documented, well, not documented. I know we had talked about it on uh, Monday, but it does look like Devontae Adams is probably going to miss. He's trending towards doubtful, it looks like. He's questionable right now, but trending towards doubtful. And if that's the case, then uh, MVS is obviously in a boost-up spot. Uh, I was Jimmy Grant. So we seen when Devontae Adams went out last week, we seen Jimmy Graham get targeted a ton on the last two drives on the Packers. I don't know if that's a... Uh, more of like a comfortability thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So he was going to Jimmy Graham in the big spots, which is obviously something that we like on third and six if he's going to throw the ball to Jimmy Graham. So, And obviously he's been getting red zone targets as well. So another thing that we like. Uh, yeah, if Devontae Adams misses, I think NBS uh, and... Uh, Jimmy Graham get the biggest boost there. We're also still waiting on the Jamal Williams news. Yeah, he's doubtful. So, uh, a lot, Doubt, a lot to monitor from uh, Packers from the injury side. Yeah, Jamal's doubtful, and um, 
I don't know about the MVS as far as, you know, maybe we get the Sammy Watkins treatment where he has, you know, he's just against the best guy on their team each time, and it just makes it more difficult for him to do anything. I mean, the Cowboys secondary, while we've been giving up passes, even to the Dolphins, like, overall, we have the talent, and at some point this season, it's going to click, and they're going to start, you know, working together a little bit better. Uh, the Cowboys also have two starting safeties that are banged up right now as well. Um, they they also their backup safety also left the game last week, so they could be playing a fourth and fifth safety. So I, I don't expect their defense, their pass defense, to put up too much of a fight, honestly. Okay. Um, let's jump to the Chiefs Colts. This would have been an Andrew Luck Patrick Mahomes matchup Sunday night. It's now a Jacoby Brissett Patrick Mahomes matchup. Uh, let's just do a quick breakdown on this game. Like T.Y. Hilton probably back in, right? Um, we don't know for sure, so I think so. He's listed as questionable right now. Uh, just gonna have to be something we can monitor. I don't have a for sure on that. I think this could be a high-scoring game. Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% agree uh, with that. I, I believe like a in lot Jacoby Brissett's abilities to move the football and, and, you know, utilize what his team has and what weapons they have. Yeah, I think Frank Wright does a really good job of hiding Jacoby Brissett's flaws and yeah. uh, letting the good shine through. And they are clearly committed to the run game. Marlon Mack has produced in a few spots. He's questionable. We need to pay attention to that because Naheem Hines and possibly Jordan Wilkins could also be getting a boost in this matchup. Uh, the Chiefs' run defense is absolutely deplorable. I keep touching on it every single week, and they keep getting torched every single week. Mm-hmm. Their run defense is terrible. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. They're, they're giving up 6.2 yards per rush, man. Like I don't know any other way to put it. That's horrible. So, <laughs> I clearly have uh, quite a bit of interest in Marlon Mack and possibly even one of the other guys, Naheem Hines or Jordan Wilkins, if they use Naheem Hines as a uh, true running back and also give him the same type of workload he gets in the pass game. Yeah, is um, Marlon Mack going to is he gonna be good to go? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even heard which way he's trending. All right, we'll be obviously keeping an eye on that. Um, that gives us an opportunity to tell you about the the uh, Twitch show that we run live streaming Talking Fantasy Sunday mornings, and we come at you with that to, uh, you know, just to get you up to speed. We talk about the injuries and just uh, do a little bit of everything. Um, a lot of the weeks we'll come to you extra early with that. Last week we were a little, a little later up to game time with you guys, but we're definitely uh, all about our fantasy and stuff, so. We'll come with you with that, and we'll have an in-depth deep dive where we dig into all these games a little bit more and talk about the matchups as we get closer to the week and know who's in and who's out and what the matchups really, truly are. We'll be bringing that to you. Jones, I got one more game for us to go over. Um, anything to add from the Chiefs-Colts game? I think that could be one of the sneaky high-scoring games. Or, and same as that Packers-Cowboys where you're like, huh, this could be like, you know, I could see this going a lot of different ways. I think it's going to be some great football. Yeah, I think uh, both of those games are going to be shootout. I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs game could ever 
a shootout could ever be sneaky with them just because they score 35 points a, a week. It's incredible. Yeah, they do, don't they? Um, all right, well, Browns 49ers. 49ers, one of the three, and as a Cowboys fan, it makes me sad to say that's one of the three remaining unbeaten teams. Um, let's just first ask you, at the end of week five, how many undefeated teams will there be remaining? How many are there now? Three. 49ers, Chief. Chiefs, Patriots. There will be two after this week. Okay, so which one is going to exit that group? The 49ers. All right, so talk to us about that just briefly here. Finish up this Monday night preview. You know what, actually, Jones, I think we should stop the show right there. You've said that you believe the 49ers won't be undefeated after this week. That's the Monday night game. We definitely dive way deeper into the Monday night game on our weekend show. And we're just going to wrap our show up tonight, Jones, if you agree with me, and leave them wanting a little bit more and not give them anything special. That way they need to tune in next time to catch our Monday night show and talk about that. That'll be, that show will come out Saturday, and they can also catch, uh, we'll be talking about it on Twitch uh, Sunday morning. So they can definitely catch up with us on that later on. I'll just, I'll just leave you with this. Nick Chubb's performance last week is not going to be a fluke. And I don't think Kareem Hunt will hurt him coming back, so you're going to be good season long. I've been saying we'll that, that for a while. But we'll, we'll, get, in, we'll get into why uh, on the weekend. Okay. Um, anything else? Shout-outs? Um, accolades? Anything relevant? No. Uh, just as always, if we don't win all the money, Hopefully one of you guys do, and, and let us know, and then cash app us up. Yeah, like, if you listen to what we say, and then you win, like, 80K, and we sit here and, like, lost about $16.50 on the weekend having a rough go of it, y'all just send us, like, a G. <laughs> like, we'll split that up. Don't worry, we'll, not only will we appreciate it, we'll send you some Cash Cows merchandise. We'll split all that money up. We'll give you a small little investment with that thousand you're putting into the, the cash cows way of life. Like, we'll make it sweet for you. Lots of grazing and blazing. There we go. Cash cows, cash cows for life. You heard me. No. See, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want your money. Uh, hopefully, you win a lot of money, keep it in. All right. And, and use it to get back. My co host has lost, has lost his damn mind. Uh,. Venmo at Cash Cows Poker TV. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Jones, you good here? Yeah. yeah all, right, no, we'll, we'll... all right, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all in the above, Tumblr. Uh, we're about everywhere you can find us. We appreciate it. Peace, y'all.